with Aaron Powell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. In studio today, kind of feels weird to be sitting back here in the studio after being out and about a couple of days uh, to start this week. We'll be somewhere tomorrow. We'll tell you about that coming up on the show. But uh, glad to have you along for the next hour. Uh, we got a jam-packed show uh, with uh, coaches from around the area. Coach Murray, the head softball coach at Elk City, the fast-pitch coach, he'll be in here momentarily, talk about the Elkettes 4A regional down in Lone Grove, recap the season, and uh, just tell us about his Elkettes as uh, here he comes walking in right now. So we're, we'll have Coach Murray right here at the top. Uh, we got head coach Taylor Varnell of the Canute Trojans, Class A state baseball tournament coming up the, tomorrow morning against silo we'll talk to him uh, at 9 30 and then uh, it's wednesday coach maynard will be stopping by at the end of the show to talk some elk city football so that's what we've got on tap feel free to chime in with questions i'm sure all these guys would like to uh, would probably not like to do that but you know whatever if you got a good one we'll ask 225-9698 is the phone or the text line 225-9698 uh, give us a call shoot us a text we can talk about any of those things or whatever else is on your mind later on in the show feel free to chime in uh, it's Wednesday. That means uh, when you uh, log on to the Paragon Communications app, the Penny News has been updated. <clears throat> Pennynews.com. Check out the fresh deals. The print copy will be filtering out this afternoon into this evening. Uh, and then also, of course, within the app, you got the three radio stations, also Paragon TV and Big Elk TV. The Elks are on the road at Cash. You've got Merritt versus who did we decide it Burns was? Flat. Burns Flat. That's right. And then also Hollis uh, will be playing Laverne in the first Class B Ooh. District 1 game Ooh. of the season for the Tigers. So you we check all that out. We might have to have that on an iPad inside the press box. Hey, that's up to you, Jared. You can do whatever you want. I'm a little bit more busy than that during our during the football games Just that we to have. keep a glance on keep an eye on the score. That that's going to be a big one for Hollis. All right, joining us now is the head fast pitch coach of the Elk City Elkettes, Mr. Caleb Murray. Caleb, how are you today? I'm good, man. I appreciate you guys having us on. Absolutely. First off, before we get into any of the softball stuff, congratulations uh, on the new baby last week. Hey. I, yeah, I appreciate it. Tell us all, tell, boy, girl? Uh, it's a girl, Hadley Ryan. She's about seven pounds. She's uh, she's actually been really good for us. She's been sleeping, and so I've been catching up on sleep. That's what I was doing. I about missed the, <laughs> missed the time cue getting over here. I was, I was putting her down for a nap. Yeah. Knock on wood, brother. No, I, I always do. I always do. So your Elkettes, 23-6 and six this year, ended up third uh, in District 1. Uh, just give us kind of a, an overview of, of how the season went, uh, the ups and downs, and, and the, the ebbs and flows of the year. Uh, you know, uh, as far as where we finished in the district, for I think for for me and the team as a whole, it was kind of uh, uh, not where we wanted to be. We we knew we know what our team's capable of. Uh, we knew what our goal was. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, uh, District One right now, Four A is the toughest district. It's not even close. There's uh, you know anywhere from you know four solid teams to six teams that can go beat anybody. Uh, it doesn't take much research to look that up and, and, and fact check that. So uh, for us coming in, we knew it was going to be tough. Uh, 
you know, tested early, go out, beat Tuttle. You know, uh, huge win for us, probably the biggest win as far as I've been here in our program. Uh, and kind of the bounce back from that, you know, we kind of lived on that Tuttle high for, for a while, and we went out and we found real quick that you can't do that. And so uh, for us early in the season, it was it was actually good for us because it was battling adversity, and that's what it's going to take to go where we want to go. Uh, we're fully capable of making the state tournament. I feel as confident as I have since I've been here. we got a great group of girls that have just bought in and worked hard all year. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, our tests uh, going through playing teams like Weatherford and Tuttle, who have that solid pitching, I think is going to pay off for us in the end. Uh, that was going to lead my question. to Talk about how tough that district is. Yeah. Do you think – how is that going to help you going into the playoffs this week? Uh, well, you know, lucky for us, when you look at how the regionals broke down, we, we've played two of the teams that are in it, which I think is, is going to be big for us. Uh, and when you talk about Lone Grove, uh, they're going to be solid. But as far as pitching-wise, uh, we won't see pitching, you know, as far as velocity and, and quality as Tuttle and Weatherford. So uh, for us, uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a good test for us. We're going to have to do things right. We're going we're to have to be fundamentally sound. But uh, as far as at the plate, I think we're going to be just fine. Yeah, you guys, uh, speaking of the, the, uh, that district and the quality, Cash beat Ada in the play-in series, mm-hmm. and then Clinton beat Class and SAS in the play-in series. So the, mm-hmm. the most that you can get is five into the regionals, and right. by golly, District 1 <laughs> has all five of those. Uh, with your team specifically, you've got those uh, th- that great group of seniors yeah. uh, that this is their last ride. Talk about those girls and the impact that they've had on your program uh, throughout their four years playing. Well, I mean, the, all those girls came in and they had to play so early on, just numbers-wise, you know, they uh, – uh, accepted the challenge, you know, everybody knows how hard it is, especially in Class 4A when you're having to be, you know, freshman dominant at the time. Uh, and we're starting to see how much it's paid off. Uh, we've had a, you know, a good group of, of leaders over the last few years, and, and this group's just kind of fed into that. Uh, they've done a great job bringing those freshmen along, uh, especially some of the ones that we've had to rely on, especially, you know, in the circle for us. Uh, so uh, anytime you get great leadership you know the quality of of your product's going to be better and i couldn't be more proud of those girls uh they're all going to be you know honestly unreplaceable as far as what they bring not just from the softball standpoint uh but from a leadership quality for us and uh, i've relied on them a lot i've put a lot of pressure onto them and they've just succeeded and excelled so couldn't be proud of them yeah it's it's interesting to me the dynamic 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 of your team because everybody outside that circle has played a whole bunch of softball for you, but then Aubrey stepping in as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much has Abby Joe specifically, as the battery mate back there behind the plate, helped Aubrey as the season has gone along? Well, uh, Abby Joe's as good as they come. I mean, uh, she's not going to scream and yell and be the most expressive, but she's going to do her job. Uh, she's going to do uh, it to the best of her ability, and, and what she's really good at is making things close look really good. You know, uh, she works super hard back there. Uh, we've seen it with Danny. Her and Danny were, were basically inseparable. They've been together for forever. You know, that was one of the best one-two punches that I think uh, I've seen or been around myself personally in the sport. And so for her, it was new. I mean, uh, she she's not used to having anybody but Danny. And her and Aubrey have, have got a, a connection going out there as the pitcher and catcher. Uh, and it's become solid, and it became solid a lot quicker than what I expected. And we're kind of seeing the benefits of that because they've both been so good for us. You know. Talk about the support system off the field. The, the parents seem like they're ama- an amazing oh. group, the Booster Club, mm-hmm. and and even the student sections. When I mean, well, I've seen some of those home games, and it is packed yeah. over there. 
at the field. T- talk about that and how much that fuels a team. Well, I mean, you know, seven years here since I've been here, this has been the best uh, consistent support group that we've had at games, uh, home especially, but away as well. You know, our, our parents have been traveling well. They've been bringing people with them. Uh, you know, Coach Maynard has done a good job helping us uh, – trying to make sure we're reinforcing that that culture he's letting kids out of practice early to go uh you know same thing we're trying to send our girls to all the games that we can i think that's important uh and you see it when we played tuttle when even when we played weatherford uh and that's all uh weatherford specifically i had parents come up to me saying hey we hadn't played in an environment like this you know and it's it's not just parents and kids you know fire department all those people they've been out at every single game yeah you know, coming out and, and supporting. Except uh, that one time they got toned out somewhere. I remember seeing them all leaving. Exactly. All, all on a sprint out yeah. of there. It's like, where are you all, going? The game's not over. Absolutely. Um, you know, we've always had we've always had good parents. I, I, I've, I feel confident with that. We've had great parents. We've had great people that want to help. Uh, and then I think all the hard work of the girls is, is kind of basically, you know, the last few years we've been fortunate to win quite a few games, uh, get really close to going to the state tournament. And I think that's starting to, you know, open some eyes to the community of, hey, you know, these girls are something special. And I tell them that all the time, you know, all the people coming out to watch them, everything that they get, it's just, it's been so earned and, you know, so deserved for them. It's all their hard work that pays off. And I told them you're starting to see the effects of that, you know, and they buy into that. You know, and I think that's important. They look up there and see who's in the stands, how many people yeah. come out to watch. You know, and I tell them, I say, that's our product. That's the standard that we want to hold. And, and, you know, going back to those seniors, they've helped kind of set that tone for this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to continue to do, you know, so people want to come out and watch. Yeah, you mentioned the, the, the regional, very familiar uh, with Clinton, <laughs> one of the district opponents in there, as well as Chickasha, who uh, we saw early in the year at the, the festival here. Um, talk about that matchup with Chickasha, that first game, kind of a low scoring back and forth, and then we exploded for some runs there at the end. Yeah, Chickasha's quality. Uh, they, they've been getting a lot better over the last three years. Their coach does a good job over there. They're getting a girl back that's going to help them, a leadoff that was in a boot when we played them. Pitching's going to be the same. It's not going to be dominant, but it's going to be close. Uh, you're going to have to do things right. We're going to have to execute, and that's pretty much been kind of our talks for everything. Uh, we're not really worried about our, our opponent as far as who they are. Um, something we've worked on a lot this year, and uh, and I've heard Coach Maynard talking about it too, is we're working on playing ourselves. And uh, I told him when we play to our capability, we can beat anybody. And, and you see it beating Tuttle, who's going to be right back in there as a, you know their perennial uh, powerhouse. Uh, when we do things right and when we push ourselves, uh, that's when we get the best out of ourselves. And it doesn't matter who we play because when we do it, we can beat anybody. And that's what I told him this year especially. There's not anybody that's going to step on the field that I don't think we can beat. And they've kind of bought into that and kind of that playing with a chip on your shoulder because I've already told them, I said, there's not a soul out here that's not from Elk City that's going to pick Elk City to come out of that regional. They're going to pick Lone Grove and they're going to pick those teams, you know, and, and that's fine because we're going to go beat anybody and that, that's kind of what we want to we want to be. If there's one thing that uh, that you want to see get just a little bit better from maybe the stretch run of the season in that district uh, schedule, what would that be? Uh, well, I mean, for us, you know, we we didn't do a great job, uh, I thought, on some rotation things. And I'm going to take full responsibility for this. I, I thought our bunt coverage kind of let us down in some key spots, uh, you know, m- maybe not staying locked in mentally through every pitch, you know, really going through that, 
you know, pre-pitch routine of of what do I do when the ball comes to me. I think sometimes we lack on that a little bit, and, and I think it's just sometimes because I start wondering about, you know, some of the other stuff. Uh, that's something that we've hammered down on as far as getting ready for regionals. Bunt coverages look great. Uh, executing bunts, bunt runs, moving people over in the bottom of our order, doing a good job of, of putting the bat on the ball, you know. I think for us to be successful, we have to have no wasted outs. And, you know, everybody says that, but I think it's even more important than any with the quality teams we're going to play. Of, uh, and I really believe this. I, I think the top half of our lineup has been as good as anybody in the state. And I think when our bottom half has, has done their job, uh, it's allowed us to win big games. And I think it's going to come down to the same thing. Last thing, you mentioned state tournament. Uh, yeah. To my knowledge, the program has never been there in fast pitch. No. What a – Talk about the the group that's there now and how, oh, I don't know, storybook it would be if that group of of seniors are the ones to be able to do it for the first time. Oh, I think it'd be huge. I mean, it's it's huge when you go for the first time. And, and, you know, I I tell the girls I've been fortunate because I've gone with my uncle twice when Bingers went. And uh, I know what it's going to be like for them to go. I, I know what it's like to be there for the first time and how special it is. And when you talk about a group of girls who have who've done everything that they possibly can to basically reshape the brand of what Elk City softball has been, uh, I don't know if you could write anything about okay. it. But that's, a, but that's the great thing about sports, the storybook endings, right? Uh, I think it would be big for them. I know how much they want to go. I know how much hard work they put in. And, you know, I've told them from the start, uh, hard work gives you a chance to get there, but it's no guarantee you will. And it's going to come down to some little things. We're going to have to do some things, uh, you know, make some – oddball plays that maybe we haven't made throughout the year or a big at-bat from someone maybe we don't expect. But I told him when it comes down to it, it's going to be who has the most heart. You know, Because if you, whoever has the most heart is going to make the most plays. All right, you guys, get started tomorrow afternoon, 2 o'clock, Elk City versus Chickasha. The game before is Lone Grove and Clinton. Uh, Coach Murray, congratulations on a great season. Good luck this week. And uh, uh, we're, we're fully expecting it to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am too, so I appreciate you guys. Go Elks. <laughs> All right. Head Coach Kayla Murray of the Fast Pitch Softball Team for the Elk City Elkettes headed to the regional tournament down in Lone Grove tomorrow. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 62nd. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger. Hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run. The most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a single season. And the American League has been alive for 120 years. This is Judgment Day. Case closed. That was 84-year-old John Sterling on the call of Aaron Judge's American League record 62nd home run last night down in Arlington as the Yankees, as Jared said. You know, the big thing about that uh, game from last night was uh, the Rangers won. Yeah, right? the Rangers won. That was – we can't forget that, right? No. No, that's cool. That's cool. Judge goes deep. Uh, the Just the, the symmetry of all this chase has been amazing. 61 years ago, that number 61 is just such – so etched into baseball history – with Maris hitting 61 to break the Babes record. He did it in 1961 in-game 
161. And then this year, 61 years after Roger Maris set the record in game 161, Aaron Judge breaks that record and hits number 62. Uh, and, and as Sterling said, the three right fielders for the Yankees from ba- from the Babe to Garrick to to uh, Aaron Judge, just it's an incredible mark. It's something that uh, you know Roger Maris's uh, son, uh, Roger Maris Jr., is is at the the head of the the train of of this is really the record because we know this is a clean record. He stated it again last night after Judge hit number sixty two. It's not going to go down that way in the record books. We all know that. Uh, Barry Bonds is still going to be at the top of the heap with those 73 home runs. But I think a lot of people, and we've talked about this as this chase has gone on, I think a lot of people, myself included, kind of consider what happened last night the single-season home run record. Oh, I'm going to – you don't have to put an asterisk on it, on, on what Bonds has done and, and the other uh, juicers, but everybody's going to look at those and still see it in their mind, right, in their mind's eye. The baseball purist will. And I've seen some – some jack wagons put on Twitter. Uh, official blue checkers who are sports writers say, keep reminding Bonds holds a record. Bonds, Bonds, Bonds. Shame on you, for shame on you for tweeting stuff like that. Th- that what what Judge is doing against pitching in this day and age, and what we hope, uh, clean, no performance enhancing drugs, nothing like that. That is. Uh, to be applaud, applauded and, and uh, tip your cap to, and, and it's it, and it seems like he's a really good dude to do it to. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's everything is there to root for, and I love it, and, and I thought it was good for baseball last night. No doubt about it. And, and even if you don't consider it the record, and it's not the record, let's be quite honest, in the baseball record books, 73 is the number, but that number 62 has always been a thing. Uh, ever since Maris broke the record back in 1961, the chase to to top that has been front and center and it and even after what it's been what 24 years since the the mcguire sosa chase back in 1998 1988 even or 1998 excuse me even though that's already happened that that's that number still holds so much weight in the history of baseball for somebody to get there only the sixth time it's happened uh for somebody to hit 62 home runs so uh, an incredible night down in arlington we saw it coming. I hope some people were able to get down there that wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't normally. And the the place looked packed, so it's yeah, not like we were the only some, ones that had that idea. There's some empty stands way back I when, saw way when up. they did field level, but uh, as far as like the second level and of course lower level, looked pretty dang packed. I had a buddy go down there for yesterday, or excuse oh, the me, the first day game. for the first game because they're doubleheader yesterday. Yeah, and he's a big Yankees fan and um, took his family down there and. and course didn't happen but Man, that I, 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 i've been meaning to reach out to him say did you stay the night did you go because they had a double header yesterday right, you know, right did you stay the night make this a three-game trip i would have man that kind of that how bad would that have been if you'd have been at the afternoon game he goes one for five doesn't do it you take go off home. back go home and then as you're yeah. heading home realize oh my gosh yeah i missed it lead yeah. off the, I mean, we wouldn't even have to stay long you're right yeah <laughs> it was yeah. the very first thing that happened yeah. And, got and out of there. kudos to those fans. I'm sure a lot of them are Yankees fans from the area. Oh, sure. But, just, you know, everybody gave them his respect. You know, yes. whether you're a Ranger fan or Yankee fan or any kind of fan of baseball, they were there. They were cheering them on. You didn't hear any boos or anything like that. It, it was it was a good scene. 
Good yeah, an incredible night. And you know what's you know what's kind of crazy? Hmm. At this point, I don't know who gave up the pitch. I didn't really research it. You know, a lot of times uh, you know right off the bat. called him up yesterday. I don't know. Who <laughs> yeah, knows? I, know. That's, I don't that's know. What's, that's what's weird, though. You know, a, a lot of those other names you remember right off the top of your head. Right. But this one, at least at this point, the guy's getting out. Uh, Did you see the dude jump off, jump out of the stands yes. he was, he, to get it? I don't know if he actually – was that the guy who came up with the I ball? I know the guy that came up with the ball is the, like – Vice President of Fisher Investments that only has $187 billion worth of holdings or something. So hopefully all he did was go, here's the ball to you, and just flipped it to him and walked away. He didn't uh, need any payout for that. I don't know if that's happened. I don't know if that's happened. But still, yeah, that's pretty wild that that guy, you, I hear their commercials on sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, great night down in Arlington. Uh, cool that it happened there, quite honestly, uh, with – with Judge not being able to complete the task at home, I had to do it down in Arlington, so it gave some people from around here a chance to, That's cool. to see that. That was cool. You know what yep. else is cool? Well, I mean, that, that, gonna, that, stadium, that stadium has seen so much. It's seen World Series and uh, record-breaking home runs and all against the Rangers, or the Rangers not even involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Globe Life's off to a good start. I don't know about the Rangers in it. I don't know about the Rangers in it, yeah. Pleased to be joined now by the first-year head coach of the Canute Trojans. They're headed to the Class A State uh, Fall Baseball Tournament tomorrow. It's Mr. Taylor Varnell. Taylor, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Um, first off, there's no doubt in my mind, and I haven't seen the uh, the videos of, of daughters and, and wives of coaches on Facebook besides yours, but there's no doubt in my mind uh, that Ellie absolutely had the cutest post-regional <laughs> tournament Facebook video uh, that was out there with, with her and Riley uh, talking about you guys going to state. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a cutie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, how's your first year gone? Uh, you you uh, came from over from Sayre helping them out. First year as the head baseball coach at Canute. Just kind of tell us uh, how you felt things have gone and, and maybe something that surprised you a little bit as the season has worn, on, worn along. I mean, it's been great so far. Um, you know, everybody's been really supportive over here helps a lot that um Gillette the baseball coach from the past little bit um he's the AD over here now so it, it anytime I have anything that I need you know some help on I can just go over to him and ask you know as well as my assistant he's a guy that's had some experience coaching and umpiring so you know going from the pro level to the high school level um He's been a big help with the different kinds of rules and stuff. So I have a lot of help over here. And, uh, you know, it's gone great so far. I uh, I love the community, all the parents and the fans and stuff. Everybody's really supportive. The boys have been great. we got a great group of boys. But I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. Hey, kudos on the long trip to Worcester and still able to uh, eke out some wins and, and get into the state tournament. What, what were you thinking? You saw, oh, my goodness, a four-plus-hour uh, drive over to southeast Oklahoma. How do you? I mean, I know first year head coach, so that's the first thing for you to do. But how how did you prepare for something like that? Oh, you know, I mean, you know, me personally, um, I'm used to being on a bus for a long time. That's something I've kind of gotten used to. So, uh, but you know, I just told the boys, you know, we're here on business. It's it, it's a business trip. You know, we made sure we stopped a couple times along the way to give them a little break, let them stretch their legs. And, you know, we just went down there and took care of business. Um, you know, the, 
the bus ride back was a lot better than the bus ride there, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about your guys, uh, some, of the, some of the guys that have really stood out to you, uh, both offensively and then also either defensively or on the mound. Yeah, um, you know, we have kind of a mixed bag. It's, it's kind of a different group. We have, you know, I start anywhere from four to five, se- or four to five seniors and the rest are freshmen or four to five freshmen and the rest are seniors. So, you know, from the beginning of the season, I, I told those those older boys, you know, you're going to have to take on a little bit a little bit more of a mentor role this year and kind of show them the way it's done. And on the flip side of that, you know, I've had a lot of freshmen really step up this year, kind of mature and grow into their own. So both those groups have done a really good job of, of taking on their roles. Um, you know, um, at the plate, I think, Casey Legrand, he's one of our, you know, he's he's a really talented hitter. He uh, he's hitting over 500 this year. Has I want to say 10 or 11 home runs. He's been really good at the plate for us. Um, Kyron Winery, another guy, that's three hole for us. He uh, you know supplies a lot of power, a lot of leadership, and then uh, you know just overall, everyone else just been really consistent. Um, my freshman, you know, uh, Jake Nutson, he's uh, he's really stepped up into that leadoff role this year, and he's he's really caught fire the second half of the season. He's been great in that leadoff role. And then uh, Jake Butler, Jake Butler's batting four hole for us. You know, those are two guys that have been great um, in the field. You know, my second baseman's freshman um, Clay Randall. He's done. He's been really good in the field, just just automatic over there at second base. Um, one guy that I'm really grateful for is Owen Elliott. He's kind of our utility guy. You know, depending on who's pitching in small school, high school baseball, there's a lot of movement to be done. But he's a guy that I can just kind of plug in anywhere, and you know, I I know he's going to get the job done. He he's been great to have for sure. Let's look ahead to Thursday. You got a tough outing against Silo in the state tournament, but. Uh... You know, like any playoffs, you just wipe the records away and, and go at it. What do you see in Silo? They look like a, a really tough out, but uh, so are you guys. What, what do you think about Silo? Uh, you know, I mean, they're a really good team. Historically, they've always been good. It's like I told the boys, you know, baseball's a game where on any given day, you know, one team can beat another. You know, nothing's set in stone. You still got to play the game. I think we just have to show up with the mindset that it's just another game, just play our game. Just like in anything else, you know, there's going to be stuff that doesn't go our way. But it's like I've been telling them all year, it's more, it's more about how we respond to that than what happens. We're hanging out with uh, head coach of the Trojans baseball team, Taylor Varnell, Taylor Varnell here talking about the trip to uh, UConn High School tomorrow to play Silo. Uh, back, to, back to that day, dynamic, how, how much do you think – that having those guys as seniors with Kaysen and Kyron and on down the line, them having the success that they've had throughout their high school careers has helped them be able to, to kind of mentor and mold those younger guys that are stepping up as freshmen. Oh, I think it's great. You know, I mean, they've had success all through high school, and they get to kind of pass the torch this year and just kind of, you know, I've seen it through, you know, the kind of passing on different traditions, stuff like that, just passing on that culture. I think it's been great for our freshmen to have those guys to kind of learn from, just that, just passing on that culture of success and hard work. But, I mean, they've been great at just kind of 
just kind of showing them how it's done, you know, showing the ropes and just providing leadership all around. You mentioned it earlier, and I kind of want to go back on it. I think it's really cool that, you know, you don't see it very often where a first-year head coach comes into a program and you still get to pick the mind of the guy who had it, and that being the case with you and Gillette. Um, And you mentioned it. You you talked to him a lot, and um, how big is that for you, uh, you know, in your first year and um, knowing that that guy that set the foundation for that program is still there that you can lean on? Oh, it's been great. You know, I've known Gillette for a really long time. Um, I I helped out here in the fall for a season about three or four years ago, I think. So I, I already kind of knew some of the seniors. But, uh, I mean, it's just nice to have that security. You know, he knows the boys really well already. So, you know, if I'm having an issue, I have a question on, on how to handle a certain thing, you know, his door is always open. He's been he's been extremely helpful this first year. It, it's been it, It's been so nice having him around. What do you think in your mind for uh, tomorrow morning? What What are you guys ha- going to have to do to combat what what Silo is? You mentioned their history that they had their what fifty nine game winning streak, I think, snapped earlier this year uh, by Roth. So obviously, uh, they've been a really really good team. Uh, what in your mind is the key for the Trojans to be able to uh, shock everybody uh, outside of your locker room and win this game? You know, I, I think the key is just to limit mistakes. I mean, that's kind of what baseball is. I think it was Greg Maddox that talked about that. You know, he's talking more specifically pitching, but, you know, it's, it's who can limit the mistakes. So if we can just, and like I said, you know, not everything's going to go our way. So if we can limit those mistakes and when something does come along, don't let it snowball and just, you know, stay in it, I think that'll be a big key for us just not get down when something bad happens and just just stick with it just play our game you know don't let the moment get too big like i said these boys have been playing their game their whole life they've been around it their whole life it's just another game just look at it that way and i think we should be pretty good my final question in that game uh going back to the regional it took on worcester and you jumped on them two to nothing uh but ultimately lost to them they're number two in class a how can you use that? I think you could probably use that as as motivation. Go look, we were right there. Things didn't go our way. Let's do that again and let's fix the mistakes against Silo. How 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 big of an opportunity is that for you? Yeah, I mean that's something we've talked about this week. You know, we played the number two team pretty well. They had a couple big innings where things just kind of. I think they had two innings where they scored maybe four and maybe four both innings, something like that. And uh, you know, if we can limit those big innings. And like I said, just stop. Just find a way to stop the bleeding when something like that happens. We should be good. I think it's a huge confidence boost, especially with such a young team playing such a good team like Worcester, the number two team in the state, so close. So I, I, I think they know they're good enough. You know, I, I certainly have faith in them. Well, Taylor, uh, good luck to the Trojans. Uh, gosh, this has got to be what about the eighth straight state yeah. tournament or ninth straight state tournament? Canute's been in. Been in. Uh, between fall and spring, the only thing that's keeping you guys out of the state tournament was COVID back in 2020. Uh, so good luck to you guys against Silo. Uh, we'll be watching tomorrow morning uh, when you guys hit the field at 11 against UConn. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, thank you very much. When Ted- we need more Facebook posts from <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, well, I can't wait to see Ellie's reaction after a, a win over Silo. Absolutely. That'd be great. Well, I'm sure you'll get them. <laughs> All right, it's head coach Taylor Varnell of the Canute Trojans taking on Silo tomorrow at 11 o'clock. We appreciate uh, him giving us a little bit yeah. of time to preview that game uh, ahead. Yeah, it's a it's the toughest 
opponent you could possibly think of in Class A uh, with the history that Silo has had. Oh, there, yeah. But you mentioned all the state tournament appearances. It's not like this is anything new That's right. for, for those kids. They know how to play in the, on this big stage, even the young ones, because they've seen the older ones do it. So. Canute's seven losses. Every team is in a state tournament there there be Joined now by um, the head coach of the Big Elk football program, Mr. Zach Maynard. Coach, welcome. Good to be here. Okay. Where everybody. Should, where should we begin? Everybody wants – okay, I, I want to know. As you're deciding, like we're up in the booth, we see it's fourth and five. You guys run out there in a different set than maybe we had seen all year long uh, with Cooper as the the uh, the quarterback in the shotgun. I'm thinking, okay, it's clear we're, we're, the Elks are trying to get a free five here. See if Clinton will jump offside. Game over. First down. They're out of timeouts, and then we take a timeout. I get it, and then you run back out there again. And I thought, has he lost his mind? It, is this something tricky? And then you just run it, and, and the play works, and it's a first down. What's going through your mind, and when did you decide, as you're watching that drive progress, when did you decide, you know what, let's get this first down and let's end this game? Well, I don't, I don't know if it was – we were kind of talking about faking it uh, and just with the way the wind was blowing, um, kind of some of the blunders we'd had on the punt team – previous and then obviously as well as the defense had played uh, all night we didn't we were comfortable with with with, with not getting it um, wouldn't have felt good if we just snapped it over our head or um, you know fumbled the, the punt knew that they were going to come after it um, and just felt like we had had them out had it there um, uh, in that formation and um, trusted our guys just to get the job done and um and they did. You know, it's one of those calls where you look like you're either hero or zero, and uh, they made me look good. Was there some, when, when you walked out there uh, to run the freeze play, was there something that you guys were specifically looking at in their alignment that told you, okay, uh, we'll go back out and run the play that, that we were kind of lined up to run there on the freeze play? Well, we were trying to get 15 uh, on one side of the ball and run away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got that. Um, and then when we came back out after the timeout, he switched his alignment. So uh, it ended up working. But, you know, we, we were trying to run away from the 15. As you're watching the play, and it, it there was time there where it looked like, uh-oh, that's not going to get there. What were your emotions as you're watching Cooper trying to spin away? And then, of course, the big guys start to push him forward. Well, I just – in the in the timeout, I told him, hey, we're running right here behind you two. Um you know, Levy, you guys make sure that we get to where we need to get. Um, and that was pretty much it. Um, and, and, you know, if he's not there, get him forward. And, um, you know, obviously that's just a, uh, you know, that's just kind of where we're at as a football team where we're just going to scratch and claw and fight uh, for every inch. And um, it, it's exciting to see. It's exciting to see, you know, we could have – those guys who pushed him forward could have put their head down and went, man, we didn't get it. But um, – Instead of doing that, they ran forward and got it, got him through. I'm sure as a coach, yes, you told your team, let's enjoy this win, but you went back and looked at the film, maybe saw some mistakes, some stuff to work on. How do you relay that to your guys to say, hey, yes, that's a big win over a big rival and key for, for district uh, championship opportunities, but how do you bring them back down to reality and move forward? Well, ultimately, um, you know, you know I – 
personally being where I'm from and, and my dad coaching at Hobart and all the success he had in the 80s and 90s and uh, playing at Davis and all the success we had, there's, lots, there's always lots of big games uh, throughout the season, but ultimately it doesn't matter now. Uh, uh, we move on to the next one. And the no, you know, I told him yesterday, a week ago at this time, Clinton was the most important game of the year. Now it's over. Uh, cash is now the most important game of the year. And, and so we're just trying to treat every district game like it's a playoff game. And, and we've got to do whatever we got to do to win, whether that's uh, uh, play perfect ball and be perfect or uh, make some mistakes but fight through the mistakes and, and end up coming out on top. Ultimately, uh, that's the only goal here at this point, just to win. Uh, no, there were a lot of things Friday night that were not pretty uh, that are, are getting cleaned up. And, um, you know, ultimately, uh, though, that's probably a good thing. If we, if we were to play a perfect game, um, now I don't know what to do. So uh, with mistakes and things that get made, I can we can fix those. Uh, on to Cash. Uh, watching a little bit of them so far in my preparation this week, they look like they're as big a guys as we've seen so far up front on both the offensive and defensive line. Uh, what have you seen out of the Bulldogs in, in your film study so far? Yeah, they're huge. Uh, I think they've got three or four guys who are over 6'5", uh, over 300 pounds. Um, you know, they're big, huge. They've got a couple guys who can really go. Number five is a good player. Uh, he kind of reminds you of the 21 from Clinton. Uh, can get loose on a jet sweep and uh, make you look silly. So, you know, we'll have to be really sound defensively. Um, you know, offensively, we're getting back to just doing what we do. Um, you know, and that's not really going to change throughout the year, but uh, taking care of the football uh, is is a huge priority uh, moving forward. And especially after last Friday night, it was a big focus. It's been a big focus this week. Health-wise, how are you? We're a little beat up. You know, you play uh, uh, a game like that, which uh, I, I don't know if there's going to be another game as physical as that one was um, for anybody across the state. Um, you're going to be a little banged up. We've got a couple guys with nicks and knacks. Um, you know, we got one guy who's, who's probably going to be down for a while, um, but hopefully he's going to the doctor today, and, and hopefully we can get, get him straightened out and, and get him on the way, path to recovery. You know, last week it felt like defensively you guys were awesome first off, but but you kind of knew what was coming, right? I mean, they do what they do. Watching Cash, there's a whole bunch of that eye candy in the backfield. How do you guys work on that and, and be disciplined on the defensive side to be able to shut that stuff down? Well, we just treat it a lot like option. Uh, you know, you've got this guy no matter what, and you've got this guy no matter what, and, and everybody else get off the ball and make tackles and – um, you know, we're going to line up. The, you know, the biggest thing about what they do is I think they're going to get in They're going to get in 30 different formations and, and show you 30 different motions. And so you've got to be sound uh, and not get outnumbered one side or the other because that's when they really hit you for a big play. And um, so that's that'll be key, uh, getting lined up, knowing who we got, knowing our responsibility, and then just uh, playing like our hair's on fire. Defensively, anything from last week that you thought, ah, God, it could have been just a tick better, even though you guys were, were pretty awesome from, from start to finish? You know, I don't know. Uh, uh, they run the reverse, and, and we play it great. Um, and, and knew that they were going to run the reverse going back and look at the semifinal game where they'd faked the reverse, and they probably had us. Um, so just that play, and, uh, you know, there's several plays there where, um, you know, maybe at the end of the third maybe the start of the fourth for whatever reason we kind of got on our heels just a little bit um and I don't really know why maybe just a, a lapse in uh uh, uh 
play hard or laps and you know that this is I've got to continue to do this. This isn't just we can't do it for three and a half quarters. We got to continue to do this. So, um, you know, and part of that comes with with time. And um, you know, we I don't know the last time us at Elk played a three game three game stretch like we just did. And so, uh, you know, maybe that's part of it. But we've got to uh, defensively. What I would say is 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 that when we've got to stay all gas, no breaks. We've got to we've got to keep our nose to the grindstone, uh, no matter what it is. And my last thing to the, to your point about that that three game stretch, we we knew it was coming in the preseason uh, with Canadian and Carl Albert and Clinton. But when you look at the seasons that these next two teams have had, Cash and Chickasha, all of a sudden that's turning into half the season stretch of real quality games that, where you guys are going to have to be ready to go. Yeah, uh, and that's just how the district uh, alignment fell. Um, but uh, I love it. I, I love every. Every Friday night, where you know the the outcome is going to hang on the hang by a thread, uh, one way or another. But you know, ultimately, that's why we scheduled Canadian and Carl Albert because we wanted to play those games where you know Carl Albert hung by a thread for a half, been clear in the overtime. So, um, you, and I think that that did a, gave us a long ways in the Friday night. Going, we're down six nothing, and we punted four times, and we haven't gotten even gotten a first down. We we can. We're still right in the middle of this ball game. We're going to be just fine. Nobody panic. And and obviously, um, what happened happened. My final question: I asked. We had Coach Coach Murray in here earlier, and I asked him this question. I'll ask you: the the support system off the field. As I mean, the crowd on Friday night was incredible. Just I know it's mass band. There's a lot of extra parents there, but they hung out after that halftime show and they watched that that incredible finish of that game. But it's been like that all year long, and here we are halfway through the season. I don't expect that to drop off. How big is that for your guys to hear those crowd behind, hear that crowd behind and rooting them on? Oh, I think it's really neat. Our kids uh, feed off that; they love it. I think every week they look for the uh, uh, coach hunt sends it to me. That I don't have TikTok, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the city of Elk City yeah. does a does a TikTok or whatever. Uh, our kids are always like, oh, you know, and then, uh, so we get a good kick out of that once a week, and. Um, you know, just the support from the community and, and, and everything that's going on, you know, I think it's great for our culture uh, as a football team, but, and, but also as a school, uh, softball being great, you know, got the uh, cross-country meet coming up Saturday here. So, you know, culturally, from a school standpoint, I think it's even, you think you can see it now, it's bleeding into our community. And, uh, you know, ultimately, that's what we want. We want we want everybody in Elk City pulling on the same rope, moving in the same direction. Uh, yeah, and I, I, this just came across on Twitter. I know where I want to be and what time now. Saturday, December 3rd. That ringing any bells? I got a de- I don't know what time that would be, but... 7 o'clock. What would that be? That'd be that'd the be, semifinals? That'd be the finals. Finals. Yeah, 4A will be Saturday, December 3rd at 7 o'clock. That just came across uh, the wire say, from the OSSA. Day? Saturday, December 3rd. Saturday, December 3rd. 7 o'clock. The final game of that weekend, actually, because 3A will be Thursday, 6A is Friday, 5A at 1, 4A at 7 on that Saturday. Since the Sooners aren't going to be in the Big 12 title no, game, I there's think, no other place I'd rather no, I be. Think we're good. I know exactly where I want to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Oh, Coach, uh, congratulations on the win last week. Good luck against Cash this week. We'll, we'll be uh, we'll be there uh, rooting you guys on. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. You betcha. Head Coach Zach Maynard of the Big Elk football program. 4-1, and 1-0 in the district after the win against Clinton. It'll be 7 o'clock kickoff down in Cash against the Bulldogs. 
uh, a battle of the two teams that are currently uh, tied for second with Chickasha 2 and 0, the Elks and Cash 1 and 0. And Elk City, you'll see both of those teams back to back weeks with Cash this week and then Chickasha on the short week next Thursday. All right, Jared, anything else you got? We had a, we got a lot of info in in a short amount of time. Yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna save the fun basketball stuff till tomorrow okay. with uh, Victor Wim Win Wim Wimbanyama Wim Wimbanyama. Huh. Did you also see the tweet about uh, NIL regulations? Oh, I, I hadn't read it yet. No, that's I, something I did we could that. dive into tomorrow. I did see that pop up right above. It was this next tweet after the, uh, yeah. the, the championship game schedule. I did see the uh, – I can never say his name. Win, Wimbanyama? I saw – this dude is a freak, man. The, he didn't even I have, have questions, a, though. Is he too tall and too skinny? That's always going to be a question for guys like that. He didn't but, even have the coolest name in the building. Uh <laughs> no, I know. You do? No. Ho, you fat? Ho, you fat. Did you hear the call? No. <laughs> Ho, you fat for three? Or? No, hang on. Yeah, or, listen. Said that that oh, is not the song. Curling off the screen, driving baseline. Ho, you fat with a three. Yes, I just said that. That is that man's name. Don't tweet at me. Don't tweet I don't want to tweet from anybody. That's you the man's could. name. That's the man's uh, name. Ho, you fat. That is funny. That's funny On stuff. the French team. All right, that'll wrap it up. Uh, Poppy's tomorrow. That's right. Poppy's, Poppy's tomorrow. Come down, meet us, hang out. Not my dad's house. O'clock. That's what my kids call <laughs> my dad. It's Poppy. No. Thanks to Coach Murray of Elk City Softball, Coach Maynard of Elk City uh, Football, and Coach Taylor Varnell of the Canute Baseball Program for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow at Poppy's. Come join us. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.